Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, well, okay, we're live now, but uh, you oh, know, in typical fashion because the phrase usually doing this, we don't have the intro queued up. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game of Nodes, the independent validator podcast or the podcaster by independent validators or something around there we whatever you know that's that's the phrase thing and is typically high fashionly late welcome to fray we've just been waiting for you for fucking 10 minutes <laughs> just yeah, in time hosting <laughs> it's uh i heard there was this game of nodes podcast thing happening so yeah oh, we, did you get the tweet started. is that what it was <laughs> yeah yeah i was like i was like i should go check that out and then i remember that i was on it oh shit so um uh you can see stress beard in full effect now we're in our final form yeah yeah I, it's uh it's kind of even, i'm really this is a big beard for me um i've got a <clears throat> uh, our sponsor for this evening is coca-cola <laughs> is sponsoring it? the podcast um with they're launching an app chain q1 2023 coke coin <laughs> no relation to cocaine of course that's a historical artifact it is um yeah i'm bullish on it it's mm. um it's got sugar carbonated water color caramel e150d acid natural flavorings and caffeine um all of those will be launched as nfts on their new blockchain so (laughs) (laughs) one of one nfts for each of of the ingredients uh yeah there's going to be they're going to actually release the secret coke recipe as an nft that's that's what they're going to do on their new chain in the cosmos this is a whole new way of getting demonetized now we're just going to get we're just going to get suited our ass off (laughs) just yeah it would uh it's one of those like you know when you're young and you're like oh, I can't believe people sell out by taking money from from so and so and like all of the bad people you can take money from. In my old age, I'm like, here's I my address. Like, I would still not, <laughs> I would still not take money from Coca-Cola, but I do. I have also drunk this stuff for so long. I'm like, it, I don't know. You like uh, maybe your, your your own knowledge of your own hypocr- hypocrisy increases over time right yeah <laughs> you know I, I i'd be okay with coca-cola uh i won't draw a line there too hard but nestle that's where i would draw the line like i'm not i'm not putting up with any of that i'm not doing any any sort of like coconut products Ugh. yeah okay but weren't weren't nestle like union busting and like you know disappearing people in in certain regions or something crazy like that like it was disappearing the- people no wait, no. I sorry. No, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Glencore, and I no. Um, ignore me. I'm thinking of the government, man. <laughs> um, well, I, I dig down in 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 a lot of supply chains, and eventually you find uh, indigenous populations via nearby a valuable natural resource getting um, disappeared by a conglomerate. Anyway, um, which is yeah. where the Banana Republic term comes from, kind of, sort of, a little bit. Well, a little bit, yeah. Um, so it. <laughs> It takes only a couple of minutes for me showing up to us uh, going into the Naomi Klein book group. Um, I, I'm i like, uh, I, who was it that recommended um, Debt by Graeber? It was somebody on this podcast. I'm about normal? 20 pages from the end. Uh, it's been a thrilling read. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long book. <laughs> Ooh, which one is that? 
It's a spicy boy. Um, 5,000. Uh, first 5,000? Uh, yeah. Debt for the first 5,000. What, yeah. what did you think? Um, I think it is uh, a very, like, a very, very provocative read in all the good ways. Um, I've I've been, as I got towards the end, I've started uh, looking up critiques of it because I'm kind of interested to see like how people sort of take it apart and what they mm-hmm. they don't like about it. Um, it's, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's really really interesting. I think there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of food for thought in there that yeah i don't know I, I, all i can say all i can say <laughs> is it's made, i would say it's probably made me think more than 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 any kind of pseudo pop academic book that i've i've read in the last I don't know, maybe three three four actually it's not fair because i read um uh, I read Mackenzie Walk only last year, and that was very, very provocative as well. But it's 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 on the Mackenzie Walk tier, I think, of like just fucking great, really, really great, really provocative, really, really interesting. So why don't I reread it over the break, and then we can talk about it in depth? It's sitting on my nightstand too, over a whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can do the, and we can finally d- d- devolve into the uh, devolve or evolve into the uh, the Game of Nines book book group that we've threatened to uh, we still haven't done the game of nodes um movie nights either. i know we, we're running out of australian classics <laughs> we i what was that one that you uh you sent around uh in the group chat now is it fair game yeah fair game fair game yeah. it was a trailer i know the tra- i mean it, it it looked like a good couple of pints of guinness i think i watched it did you you did it was good yeah well, I can't remember. I think I watched it. <laughs> At one point, all of those Australian movies just became the same yellow hue blur. <laughs> That's what you said for the other day. The yellow blur of Australian movies. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's another yellow blur for an hour. <laughs> Isn't that just called like going to work as well? Like, just like no, man, without it's, the yellow. It's been raining nonstop for two yellow. years. It's beautiful outside. Yellow over there. Some yellow over I mean, it's, there. It's fucking yellow in your room, man. It's like it is yellow in your room. Your yeah, past well, lighting is yellow as fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I don't like um white lights because it means if you work late, uh, it's really hard to then get to sleep afterwards. So because I work up here, all of the lights are kind of a sort of orangey hue, uh-huh. but it means that when there's this time of of year, obviously, where it's it's been dark for like six hours. So it just means that it's insanely, insanely yellow in here. Um, I'm yellow. Everything's yellow. I don't know what to tell you. It's not normally that yellow, though. So what changed? I think normally I don't have the main light on. I just have Mm. um, my architect's lamp on next to my head, but I've got the main lights in here. Um, Everything in my house is fucked at the moment. Um, So I have... This this is just the the concession to if you are the last person staying with us on New Year's, you get that sofa bed where there's there's, there's no blinds in this room. It's just it's just my desk and that's and that sofa bed, right? And that thing. So whoever gets here last and has last shotgun on a place to sleep ends up sleeping in there and they get woken up like at the crack of dawn. Um, but that's all, that's the only, apart from the chair I'm in, it's basically the only place in the house you can currently sit down and there isn't like a circular saw on it or 
a, a fucking pile of, of offcuts or some bullshit to do with building work. And so um, I, I cleared it so that there was a place that we could actually eat food. Uh, I don't know why it's taken me like two weeks to think of that solution, but I, I was suddenly like, I was just moving stuff around for the podcast and i was like fuck i should have done this literally <laughs> fuck there's a couch underneath all this shit yeah, well, no, no, exactly it was piled up with like all kinds of shit and i was like damn, damn, I can just- damn man there's a house in this house <laughs> what the yeah fuck? i could just pile all that shit up by we my got, like, feet we got, right, like beds and right desks and shit in and there. then yeah. i could actually have a place to, to sit so yeah well thank you thank you soy to studio why am i so yellow that would <laughs> That would be very, very racist if I was. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm. You can tell I'm tired because I nearly, I nearly made made a joke about about. You almost made a racial slur. Well, yeah, nearly. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I read a book called. Uh, it's a very good book called The Good Immigrant. It's about um, about kind of the experience of second generation uh, lived racism in the United Kingdom, primarily. Um, and I, I refer to myself as Brown, um, and I, I gather it is something that a lot of Brown folk do, which people who haven't heard that before find can find jarring. Um, but what I learned from that book is that there are uh, people of East Asian um, descent. I can't say it, I guess, because I'm not from that um, diaspora group. But but if I say I'm a Brown person, I gather there is an, an equivalent um the kind of tongue-in-cheek thing that that second generation people say as well so anyway i mean unless you've got the <laughs> accent like you can't really claim it so <laughs> what accent british accent <laughs> what no, like you know i have got a british accent what are you talking about now nothing uh so anyway i'm really confused <laughs> anyway it, bees bees irish says uh is you serve a part of rhino steak uh, uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's the <laughs> i'm not just shilling that shit Bees Irish, um, well, Bees Irish also says, uh, "What is the show about today?" Fuck That's if a good we know. Question. Yeah. Drama, isn't it? <laughs> just, yeah, it's about it's always um, about drama. And I've just been accused of having accused of having diagnosed with having jaundice. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say jaundice too, but I was like, ah. Um, Are your eyes yellow? How do you, how do you get jaundice? <laughs> is is jaundice malnutrition? No, it's no, like it's liver failure. Liver failure. Yeah, it's been liver failure. Liver failure. Yeah. All right, basically, it won't be that. I'm, I'm pretty healthy. It can't clean all the when your liver fails to clean all the uh, brick dust out of your blood. <laughs> I, do you know what? I this is gross, but I sneezed earlier and there was just uh, was there like, stuff? There, yeah, there was just um, um, sawdust, like really long. Because you know when you cut like hardwood, like oak, yeah, you get like these really Very long fine. filings. They're really mm-hmm. long. But they're like quite spirally, so and they're just they were just like all of that. I was like, oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, and then I was like, oh no, this is not like tissue. This is wood. It's fine. It's coming out. It's fine. Yeah, I had sure, it most of it's out. Whatever. Yeah, a lot it's of it's fine. out. It's not like it's you're fine. a coal miner or something. Like you're not like yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. One day of it. It's not yeah. like a miner in Australia. No. Um, my least favorite is scraping the popcorn off of ceilings. Getting rid of that is just the absolute worst. It gets in your nose. It gets everywhere in the house. It you just have to, like takes spray that shit down, right? You spray it down and get it all wet, and then yeah, I've yeah. never done that. But you spray always the- miss some. Inevitably, get- you're going to miss what? some. Uh, I guess in like the '60s. I don't know if it was everywhere else. It still happens. Or 70s, that's true. Popcorn ceiling is still used, but it's very popular in like the '70s, where they would just like spray 
I don't know if it's a, if it's a foam, it's like caulking or what, but Jesus. it looks like popcorn up on the ceiling. It's called popcorn ceiling. And to remove it, you basically spray the ceiling with water, you get it wet, and then you just gravel it down, basically. It's awful. So instead, instead of like making a instead of making a, of a ceiling, it's like you could look sideways and see that it's not a hundred percent level or it has like little dips or whatever, whatever. They put like a small texture on it. Not like it's not like thick, like it's real thin. Like you just put a small texture on it. So when you put a small texture on anything, even the walls or the ceilings, like everything looks good because you can't really see, you know, you can't see like the issue. So, and then now it used to be in style and then everybody, like it was everywhere, like especially apartments and like small homes and things like that. And then, and then now everybody wants to get rid of that shit. So they start scraping it off. Here we had a, 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 a much more painful thing, which I'm sure you also have. And I realize I've just made this about home improvement. I'm just really sorry to. We're all over the But the, they, they got wallpaper with wood chips in it. And you had to basically apply it to the wall or ceiling because why not? You can fuck your ceiling up too while you're at mm-hmm. it. Um, with like extra strong wallpaper paste. And yeah, like 60s, 70s, holy fuck. Like if you, if your place uh, had, warm bodies in it in that period of time there is a good chance that you have a room with that shit and it is fucking impossible to get off you have to literally you have to steam the wall with a steamer like until it's essentially like completely sodden and then usually just like knife off the top and then essentially like yeah just like with a with a really i mean i've you're supposed to be able to run it down with like um a cutting uh, a palette knife but in the past, it's been so far on. I've had to literally do it with like an actual chisel. That's how insanely stuck on this fucking crap is. Um, it's how mad, you- like, genuinely mad. And the worst bit is sometimes people have come along later and they've been like, oh, I hate that wallpaper. And they just lay <laughs> fresh wallpaper on top. Yeah, they just leave I've, it, right? I've yeah. heard of somebody that they went, they moved into a place and they were basically like trying to put up some pictures and then the shit started falling off the wall. Yeah. And they found out that somebody had moved in afterwards and just right put plaster straight on top yeah, of the, you know, the same thing. Yeah. And plastering over it and then obviously the plaster just attached to this shit oh and it just all fell off eventually and they just when these new people moved in they started putting in some you know, shelves or something and the whole line that's the same thing here in the and u.s like the shit wallpaper so you know i was like saved yourself a job because getting that shit off is impossible but it came largely off by accident and somebody, somebody mentioned like asbestos in the chest. The same thing in the U.S. Like there's asbestos tiles on this stuff. Like we have a, we we have some tile that's in a like a closet here that like looks suspicious. Our home was built in the fifties, and I'm like, and my wife's like, we should get that tested. I'm like, we will never fucking know. I just put right on top of that thing. <laughs> like as long, as long as you don't mess with it, it's fine, right? You just put just put right. that. I have asbestos right tile in my basement, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I saw there's asbestos tile, and I was like. Nah, that can nope. stay right there and just Fucking right on top, of it. on top of it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> whoever's after I die, whoever's next in this house will be like, this asshole. Just put on. Put on yeah. 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 Whatever. So those listening who are like, who are very careful <laughs> to people to delegate to. <laughs> and I was literally recommending you all literally earlier today to, to some people. I was like, I was like, don't doubt it. Don't need a cast, you know, multifaceted we, here. We cut, we cut corners, you know, we're just like, <laughs> we oh, we're just, sometimes we're just like, you know, we're routing something out. We're just like, we just gotta, just, I, I'm like, I could do the whole length. I'm just going to plunge route this one corner and then jigsaw that shit out. That's right. I, I, I behind schedule, bam, we're done. 
However, those guys, those guys would always do it right. They wouldn't just tile over asbestos. They wouldn't do that. That's what I said. I said, I promised people literally earlier today. I promised. I said, if Schultz had asbestos in his basement, he would would, (laughs) would get it dealt with to code. I hate those fucking Why are you so obsessed with asbestos (laughs) renovation? I'm like, I'm in a dark place, but I'm also trying to recommend you delegate with these guys. And they were like, okay, well, if I ever find out, would they tile over asbestos? You're like, no, if they tile over asbestos, I'm going to come come looking for you. And I was like, I was like, I, I, you can, yeah, you can come looking for me, motherfucker, because I'm so confident. <laughs> <laughs> I stake my reputation. They would never tile over asbestos. I fucking hate people who tile over asbestos. They're the worst. To be fair, asbestos. to be fair, uh, alleged asbestos. We never got to test it. It just, it just looks like tile. That's all it is. I just didn't want to deal with it. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's like Schrodinger's cat of asbestos. I don't know. Schrodinger's. That's what I said. You said Schroger. I don't know. Anyway, I've had a so, little bit of wine. You know, I'm I'm renovating a house and uh the fucking ceiling in the bathroom, man, and like all these other walls is just covered over asbestos. I'm so fucking sick of pulling something apart and finding asbestos. Is it t- like like little ceiling tiles or something? No, no, it's it's like they've put like gyprock, like uh, you yeah. know, plasterboard um and under that has it. it. And no, no, the plasterboard's fine. It's just that they left the asbestos there and just put shit on top of it and glued it to it. So you should you should just roll that shit right through. I should mm-hmm. find who fucking did it and go to town Sh- on them. Schultzy, I guess. Well, well, so I think that I think that <laughs> well, in the US that is. Uh, if you're a homeowner, you don't have to do anything with asbestos. You just slap a mask on and get rid of it. Yeah, you're, there's no for everyone yeah. else that it's an issue, really. If you're a con, if you're like a licensed contractor, you have to deal with it the right way. Yeah, so Schultz, we, you and we I have to do whatever the hell we want. In Australia, you're allowed to like remove ten square meters or something like that. Ten, anyway. So, um, and and take it to the tip. So I take it ten square meters at a time. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, but I mean, like, that, they're yeah, not going to open up the bag, repiece all the shit together, and start measuring, like, right? You know, and just get rid of it. Yeah. But if if you folks, if you take asbestos out. Just please take it as a tip. Don't like dump it on the side of the road. What's a tip? Just a dump. The oh, okay. uh, landfill. All right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah right. don't be one of those fucks who just like backs up their trailer <laughs> at the edge of the road and just tips the shit out. And they're like, yep. Pour it, pour it down the drain. Not at my, <laughs> not at my <laughs> house the anymore. Water <laughs> yeah. yeah, just pouring uh, toxic waste down the drain. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a good so, podcast so far. I like it. What else we got? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the home improvement section of the show. I mean, talked about jaundice, home improvement. What else we got? Asbestos. Yeah. So well, I don't have jaundice, so that we can we can just like straight <laughs> fucking cross that off. Super healthy. Look, out of everything I can see in your <laughs> webcam area, your eyes are not yellow. Everything that's else true. Is. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a good sign. Yeah, your skin I mean, tone's it, going yellow. Your floor is yellow as shit. There's like a yellow hue, like an Australian movie everywhere else. And uh, yeah, but your eyes are white <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> and your teeth, so right? Okay, nice. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, you've got yes. some really nice teeth, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is why British people have bad teeth. Um, yeah. So Australians don't. That, that was an obli- that was a, that was a Deftones reference mm. um, to anybody that, uh, that picked up on that one. Um, I've been listening to a lot of um, Australian mid two thousands progressive rock while I've been um, hitting things and 
and screwing things into things and whatnot this week. It's been um, like ACDC. <laughs> what is that? Is that is, is that progressive? Is that midnight oil. What is well, like, what? Is <laughs> oh, you know, I did listen work? to something uh, uh, that old. I listened to uh, Tubular Bells one, two, and three. Wow, jeez. Um, and I think the the conclusion is for listening. I know I don't want to. I'll just TLDR it. Listeners of the podcast want want the review straight. They don't worry about the spoilers. So Tubular Bells two is the best one. That's what I've concluded, lads. Um, we can settle that once and for all. Mike Oldfield, wow. legendary genius, but he got it right second time. Well, I feel better with that. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Yeah, <laughs> troubled, troubled genius, but but Chibler Bells two hit the nail on the head. My my only my only drawback, I would say, on Chibler Bells two is that obviously Chibler Bells one ends with the sailor's hornpipe, and that's really funny because it's like the sailor's fucking hornpipe and tubular bells too kind of ends with like a, a sort of like american style americana kind of banjo-y type thing and i think it would have been better if it was just the sailor's hornpipe that that's my only uh, okay quick question <laughs> what does that have to do with mid-2000s uh oh so australian I was really to that wasn't mid-2000s yeah. australian apart Both from that it was not. like you know butterfly oh, okay. effect carnival richelieu whatever you know Lotta's first Carnival album. Always forget how good it is. Those are, are they in Richelieu, Australia? No, Richelieu. Yeah, they're Australian, aren't are they? Are they? Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, okay. So adding tubular bells to the uh, playlist. Don't, don't, yeah. don't. Tubular I just thought it, was, it. it actually sounds disapp- quite nice. You're just gonna be disappointed. This is gonna, this is not another heat situation. On, on your uh, on your um, <laughs> on your new setup now. You will. So, so good fact about tu- my, so tubular my bells- progressively insane setup. Nice. Yeah. So tubular bells one, right? It, it was it was a real hallmark in terms of um, like st- the the basically like number one, it launched Virgin Records, um, and it was basically the reason we have Richard Branson, which is kind of weird, um, and also the Sex Pistols, I guess, because they funded that too around the same time. Um, but he did the demo for it where he basically recorded Mike Oldfield recorded it all himself, just like with a single tape machine. And he had to, I can't remember exactly how this works because I'm too young to have ever had to do this, but he was essentially playing the tape back, disassembling it, and then yes. being able to overdub the same tape to make a demo tape. Yeah, like a four track. Him playing every instrument on yeah. tube labels. And basically, Richard Branson heard that and was like, holy fuck, this guy's dedicated enough to do that and was able to play every instrument. Yeah, let's just give him some, give him some bit of studio time and then a small budget and see what he comes up with. He came up with Tubular Bells, and it made a lot of money for a lot of people. And obviously, it was the soundtrack to the ex, um, the Exorcist. So, mm-hmm. I don't see Tubular Bells too. Uh, I'm not. Sh- was it? Was it actually? I'm not sure if it was actually called Tubular Bells. It's the one. It's the one it from like 1992 Bells, with the blue color. Yeah, like there's a, there's a Tubular Bells three. No, there's yeah. <laughs> okay, Tubular Bells 2 must be, that must be the actual name of it then. It's Tubular Bells 2. It is Tubular Bells 2. It's 2, like I.I. usually is. It's, it's written like that, not... Yeah, it is the yeah. I.I. Yeah, we got, we got in the chat, we got Highlanders <laughs> saying it's a top album. Like, the, the people are with me on this. Uh, I understand. Um, so, so, I, so I, I once, seen, like, I once sorry. downloaded, uh, like, a, you know, uh, 50 best Philharmonic Orchestra um you know uh what do they call them like albums cds 
No, no, it's like they're songs, but they're like, um, you know, those classic songs, like, what do they call them? Symphonies? I mean, well, it could be a symphony or a concerto or it could be Yeah, a, like uh, symphony ones, like, you know. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like, like what, uh, you know, the 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 birds one, you know, the, the fucking. Flight of the Bubblebee? Yeah, Flight of the Valkyrie, yeah. Oh, Flight of the Valkyrie. <laughs> like those oh. kinds of songs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yes. a, that's, a, that's an opera, isn't it? Yeah, it's opera. Yeah. No. No, no, it's not opera. No, <laughs> yes, it is. One of the Valkyries, like just a song. Yes, it's from the Ring Cycle. It's 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 Wagner. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's. A- I was in the car for like ten hours listening to this shit. It was great. It was like fucking. You get in classical. Yeah, that was a few years ago. I'm, I'll have to rage out again to it. Highlander's also rapping Aussie shit in the chat with uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who, great. Interesting for their use of microtonal um, music in a pop format. Have cool. you listened to every King song Gizzard in existence? In the Lizard Wizard. I haven't listened to every song in existence, but I do work as a music journalist so I, I know but it doesn't seem to be like doesn't matter how obscure the uh, band is you're like oh yeah they've got like a really weird yeah. tone on there I, I, I talked to him in 97 <laughs> yeah i talked to him 97 <laughs> i wish there's a there's a there's a really famous british music journalist um from north of england called john robb who i really really like because he just seems to crop up everywhere like You'll be watching some documentary about some band, and then like he, he just like they cut to. So the other thing is, if you live, uh, so I lived in Manchester for a long time, uh, in the centre of the city, and uh, John Robb also, despite being like what 20, 25 years older than me or whatever, uh, lived in the centre of the city. And if you went to gigs, he was still really, really active. He was like he wrote, I think, the first article on Nirvana in the British press, stuff like that, when they were still really early on. He did. He's one of those guys that like is the guy that discovered a band from, you know, a, a, a mail order tape in the U S or whatever. At that time he was in a, a punk band, you know, in the eighties that did quite well, all this sort of stuff. So really interesting guy. Um, but you would just see him at gigs. Like he still went out to quite a lot of gigs and you just be like, he had this like really distinctive mohawk type thing. You'd be like, it's fucking John Rob. And then you would, yeah, you go like, you watch a documentary on the TV or something. And there'd just be like a random, there'll be just, talking heads talking heads and there's a bit like john robb and he would always say he'd always start with saying something like the thing that people don't often realize about insert subject here and i was once at an art gallery and they had a um an exhibit where they interviewed all of the people living in a a, a high-rise block of flats because it was one of the last few standing in a part of manchester and they went through all of these like voice pops with the people that live there. And one of them goes, the thing that people don't often realize about living in this flat. And I was like, it's fucking John Robb. And it was, <laughs> it was actually John Robb. Even just this random, it was complete fluke. He just happened to live in that block of flats. And that's just like his stock line about everything in life. I think people don't often realize about it. And then, yeah. Um, How did we get here? That. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, so, I've, been, I've, just, I've been missing out, man. I, this is a uh, tubular beats. That's oh, fucking! I just started to play beats. like some of those. That's a fucking <laughs> sick album. <laughs> um, yeah, you this have guy has made a whole fucking career out of like tubular stuff. Yeah, I would say outside of the tubular bell cycle, um, Amarok is very worth a listen. It's underrated, um, but obviously, Mike Oldfield kind of created new age music, so you have to tread carefully because some of his stuff is proper shite. Yeah. And also, he. <laughs> 
he literally went through this he was quite a troubled guy right he went through this period where he literally joined a cult um so like you, you, you know pinch of salt with with, with, <laughs> with, with the mike oldfield catalog pinch of salt, pinch of salt. um so yeah, uh, I, I've also missed what's been going on in Cosmos this week. Um, other than like obviously GovProps have come up and so I got a ping notification. Um and people also sent me no- people also sent me messages saying, Hey, there's drama, but I, I don't really know what. <laughs> I just just non specific drama. They're like, Is, is there drama? I guess they're probably phrase shit, drama. Right? I'm like, oh god, is there drama? And then I just Yeah. Disappear. Um, yeah, I mean, they're probably. What, what have I been missing? What's been happening in Cosmos Labs? Uh, so, the props, I guess, is a good place to start. So, your man Don has uh, thrown up a fund only open source software, is the name of it. So, surprisingly, I've just been having a look at a little look see on the, on the voting data on this. And Juno, not many. Right? Hey. This is on Juno, eh? Juno. Yeah, sorry. It's on Juno. So there's like uh, not many validators have actually voted on this yet, and a lot of the ones who have are no votes, right? But there's already 41% of the stake has voted, but it can't possibly have come out of validators because out of the top 10, there's like two, three, four that have uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a decent. Yeah, there's a lot that, but most of the top ten hasn't voted. Just Swiss Staking and Friends hasn't has voted yes, and then MPI yeah, voted no. Yeah. We, we voted no earlier, or I voted no earlier. So I don't really like understand the purpose of this. Um, like it's kind of a blanket statement that doesn't really need to be said. Like there's, I think he's referring to the subdows and Juno Core, but. You know, you sort of make that assessment when you're like doing the funding, right? So some things yep. are closed source that need to be or can be. Like not everything has to be open source in my opinion. And I don't know if, if just because you're funding it means that it necessarily has to be open source. But like this just closes the doors to things. Like you can make a good sense, a good sense assessment of it when you're doing the assessment. But if you just do a blanket, you know, everything has to be open source and you, you close the door to certain opportunities. And I don't think it's like a good precedent just to do that. Yeah. I, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I, I agree. Like, I, I think if if there's a proposal that comes up in core one or subdow or some community pool or somebody else is, 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 um, being able to apply funds to a project, we're not buying the source. You're not buying the source. You're buying the outcome. And the outcome you hope is more users, more transactions, more use of the ecosystem, and influx of users. That's what they're paying for. So totally. So you're 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 not paying for the source. You're not paying for the team. You're not paying for the project. You're paying for the outcome. And the outcome that you want is you want an influx of these different types of things. And if that if that influx requires closed source or if it's closed source to begin with and open source later, and we don't want to be able to allow other teams, there's so much copying of repos and all these bullshit, you know, I'm slamming eight different repos together to build a new chain and blah, blah, blah. If somebody wants to close source that until they get a competitive advantage, 
on Juno, fucking so be it. If that's going to drive users and it's going to drive activity, it's going to drive dollars into the ecosystem, fucking knock yourself out. I think this is like, this turns into like a, it's more about the, the, how we get there versus if we get there. And I'm totally against that. Like we want to get there and we get there through good projects that deliver value. However, they do that. I think one thing I would say is that teams need to, a part of the funding project, that should be a question. And and if somebody says that they're like, hey, we're going to open source this and they choose not to, well, that's kind of a problem because because maybe that's part of how we want to be able to determine how much dollars are there. But if somebody says we're closed source and we have no intention of maybe delivering this, but this is what we want to hope to be able to bring, then that should be part of that that proposal. And I think that's totally fine. I would so add that, that. First of all, I, I agree. I think that your statement is, is spot on. But I'd also add that making your source code open adds an entire level of depth to what you're trying to do, right? So if you're just trying to create an app or whatever, you might just be one or two guys that are into tech and they're not really in the community aspect of it. When you open source your code, you almost immediately are thrust into that aspect, whether you want it or not, because suddenly you need to have better readmes, you need to have better documentation, yeah. you need to explain how do I run my tests? You have all these periphery things that you don't necessarily need to worry about and may not have the bandwidth to worry about that just don't need to be there at the start. You can always open source down the line if you want to. You also have to consider licensing. Not that licensing really matters in crypto right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the other problem, I guess, right? Is that if you open source it, the de facto thing is that anons will nick it, even if your license says otherwise, right? And the other the other problem you have, I think, is that um because we 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 before we'd even we we haven't even launched mainnet of Howl yet, and we have people asking for open source, and you have to go. Some of those people just want to nick the code. Like, I, sure, what else um, will there be? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, and I'm under no illusion as well that there are plenty of other chains who are trying to do stuff around the same area with NFTs. We talked about that. Before. I, I've talked about that before. And it's just like, well, why would, especially when these are more established projects in some cases, like why would you just give people who have already got a runway and a team and money your code for free? Yeah. That's fucking idiotic business strategy. Um, and, and I think this is like, uh, yeah, there's a bit of a thing here. And, and I think maybe this is why we're all on the same page is because we're validators, right? We, we, we think this is a valuable enough technology in a space to invest our time, energy, money, and accept a certain amount of risk over, right? But also we're the, the joke about the validators being the biggest DGENs is just totally correct. We're just DGENs who have made a, a career out of being a DGEN. But it is ostensibly a business decision, right? We have the trappings of a business around the degeneracy. Right. But it also means that you you are a bit more colder and a bit more rational about these sort of decisions. It's not like there's no open source crusade because it's like, well, if I had to do what I need to do to make money, like all the, the shit we had about dumping, right? And it's like, no, you need to sell rewards so that you're not out of business now in the bear when your tax bill arrives and you're still having to pay tax on tokens that are now worth nothing which is the position that depending on your tax regime, you are now in. And so, I think maybe uh, as validators, we're in the position where we can look at stuff like that from a team going, I don't want to open source. And we can go, yeah, fine. We're businesses too. 
we understand that you need flexibility of decision making, right? Um, yeah. And Shorty's points are totally fair as well. Like, um, I, even for internal projects at companies that I've worked at, sometimes if you just go like, "Hey guys, we've written this thing," then suddenly you've got five people knocking on your door asking for a little lunch and learn, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I have right. I don't. I've got no time to do that <laughs> anytime soon." Like, it, it can be like another thing that comes onto your plate, and it's even more so when. Yeah, there's anonymous people on the internet being like, hey, can I, you know, can I look at, can you tell me how to run this or whatever? And also, <laughs> like, you know, there's the security aspect. And I noticed we got Todd in the chat. So I don't know if this is me just being paranoid, but my other concern would be that the the people who are most likely to read your code line by line are the people who are going to exploit it, right? And you can't, you can't possibly have found everything. So that's another reason why open source isn't necessarily, it can be a good thing in that I've seen code bases that were very dodgy, like teams were forced to open source and you look at their code and you're like, this has flaws. And you can say, even if it's just for you, you can say, don't use it, right? But that cuts the other way where you're like, you might have a very well-tested, well-thought-out piece of code with multiple people working on it and you've all just missed something. Like we we did how beaters, we found a major staking bug. We had three people check out that code, read through it, test it. You know, these things happen, right? What if that was on mainnet and it wasn't just a little bug with staking, it was like some major exploit that could drain funds? The person who's going to find that is the person looking to exploit it, right? Mm, probably. Yeah. Now you say that, but I'm gonna add a little bit of wrench into there in that uh secret just had an exploit um that was patched because some White Hats just, um, there, there was a exploit that happened from Intel from like six months ago and some White Hats were going through Secret's code and they finally were able to like reproduce it, um, the exploit on it. And so then they just revealed to Secret Labs how they can fix it. So all your point stands, one unique case and one unique drama within the cosmos is in, in Secret, the exact opposite just happened. Yeah. Well, that that's, an, that's a quote unquote L1 and I don't know if we're talking about that or just the projects that sit like as a DAP that sits on top of Juno. I mm-hmm. think you might you might be able to make a case of that the Juno software and the Wasm structure needs to be needs to be open source for that inspection. But maybe the the DAPs that use take advantage of that might not be. Um, so right? it is, so I don't know. I, I I agree with that. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's the point of having that open source is you want more eyes, right? I mean, that that's that's value too. But the other part of it is that. Um, you know, can, can, do we have a bunch of, you know, how many chains can use Cosmosm and rebuild the same functionality over and over and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that, that's also out there too. So to, to your point about like, you know, different, different things and, um, you know, some things might be better off open source and other things, you know, can be closed source to that point, like, you know, as far as Juno specifically is concerned, there's like different strokes for different folks with the different sub DAOs, right? So for example, like Hack Juno, um, we changed our, after the first round, we changed our um, documentation and say now that all the projects that are getting funded retrospectively have to be open source and public good type things, right? So, but that's just that particular program. I, I don't see any reason why the um, developer like the growth fund if they want to fund like a bigger project that might be you know commercial in confidence type 
um, information or, you know, competitive advantage type stuff in their code base that they couldn't be funded still um, if they have a good chance of bringing in um, a good amount of users like you uh, alluded to previously. So, um, yeah, uh, like I say, different strokes for different folks. There's different programs for different types of, of yeah. um, apps and, and growth. So, yeah, I mean, a, a, a blanket catch-all right. is not going to work. And it, it can even be extended to things like you got the delegations down, right? So, say, um, say one of the contributions that, someone's claiming in the delegations DAO might be some sort of say it's some sort of um you know liquid staking or maybe it's like a monitor or or some thing right that they're providing the community might be closed source they might not be telling people how they're doing it they've got all the bots right so a lot of people have bots that are closed source they don't um tell people what how they're doing it i mean you could right one but um you know like the the governance alert bots and and price bots and all, all this type of stuff that they're providing free of charge to the community and they might say well we're doing these things um mr delegation Dow, can we have like you know some consideration of that when you're scoring us so you know does it extend to that then and then you know there's a bunch of different stuff that people could claim that it extends to now because it's just a blanket statement and it's just it's too broad and it shouldn't pass. Yeah. So is this just an extension of the witch hunt against Kajira from last week? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just brain farts and people are like, oh, well, fucking let's just, <laughs> let's make it official. No more fucking closed source. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, 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 it sounds like trying to reduce a complicated situation to a simple solution and <clears throat> that's quite often a hallmark of demagoguery isn't it really yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, call- I, I did Hell- i did i did actually see i did actually see this prop and uh we voted no with veto on it so i, I think you're the that- only one so far to know and 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 wv well, no veto is for spam props, and this is, to my view, it's, wow, it, it's not enforceable. Um, it's not well thought out. Um, I, mean, I, I literally, I, I literally, I was really curious to what you guys thought of it, basically, because I, 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 I literally just looked at the prop and I was like, "This looks like a spam prop to me." No veto, and then I came back just before this podcast and looked. And I was like, "Oh, it's proposed by Don Kryptonium," and then. I gather I, I saw somebody link me some stuff with like Twitter and all this. And I was just like, Oh God, this is actually a whole thing. I, okay. Fair enough. I thought I, it was like kind of a joke prop initially. And then I was like, Oh no, it's actually, yeah. But, but my no video stands, I think like, yeah. I don't know if I want you to be the only one with no veto. Maybe I'll do it while you're on, while we're on the podcast here. <laughs> um, I did not really know fair. We, I don't want you to be the only one. We can continue on this thread, but we've had some questions in. So I was, uh, I want to bring up, some of these um but so back back on continue on the open source thing highlander said what if the code isn't safe and folks use it there's too many variables to consider with this kind of prop to just be thrown on chain so there's i guess two comments there yeah totally agree with there's a lot of discussion that could have happened around this prop before just yoloing it up um but yeah i mean the fundamental problem of like what if the code isn't safe and folks use it i think although 
<laughs> I just said it. We know we vetoed this from the hip. I personally am probably not ever going to use code on a blockchain, on a smart contract that I can't look at. That's yeah. that's that's my do your own research uh, as a as a developer. I guess I can think of um I can think of exceptions, but they are very, very few and far between. And they involve a high level of trust in the people that have written the code in the first place. So I guess it's back to that trust question. Um, well, I think that Noel also hit the nail on the head, right? Like talking about the bots. Some of those bots have been funded through various networks. Those bots don't need to be open source. Who cares if they, like, if it, they're a little bit leaky, that, like, in terms of, like, RAM, that that's... It sucks, but it's not a big deal. And there's no there's no danger that can really come of it of you subscribing to some governance proposal updates, right? You don't need that to be open source. There's nothing fundamentally unsafe that can happen because of you using it. Like it, it's not even connected to the blockchain, and yet it's oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Juno faucet's not open. It's based on an open source code base, but I've just realized it's not open source because I've never pushed the alterations that I made to it to an open source repo. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you and who even gives a fuck if it is or not? <laughs> so well, Exactly, yeah. right? It's exactly. just a Python program running on a fucking web server. Who gives a shit? I'm actually, um, I'm voting now. He's voting yes. I couldn't. Yes, and he's putting up a second gov prop that says censure <laughs> the fray. But <laughs> I closed source force it. Yeah, it's a bullshit, man. Open source that shit. <laughs> it's bullshit. Uh, to be fair, actually, I, I'm pretty sure I never pushed it remotely, but maybe I did. Maybe I did. If I'm going to get censured for it, then let's go with I probably did because I'm a great guy who loves open source. Um, Prop 59. No. So uh, we had a couple of other. Okay, that's kind of off topic. Oh, so that's why you, some, I, I don't know who typed it, but one of us typed no in the chat really aggressively that was me i aggressively type no (laughs) yeah we we get one new viewer and insults the shit out of him within three seconds we hold spaces (laughs) no we don't hold spaces bees irish but um that's only because i i'm not sure all of us have a device that can run spaces i I was invited on a space uh, i've been invited on space twice and neither time have i been able to actually join the the twitter spaces software is so fucking terrible it Hot fucking take. blows. It Thanks, sucks. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault, Elon. You bought that fucking trash pile. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, Sporthy said, how useful is keeping contract code closed-sourced? I can just re-instantiate, say, the how contracts and have all sorts of deploy an app without looking at the code. Yeah, I mean, that, that is very, very true, but then you can't, you can modify it, you can extend it, all that sort of thing. And you'd probably also run in, I mean, ironically, you'd run into the same problem, which is that if another team pinched your code, uh, just pinched the byte code, I think they would run into the problem. People would say, where is this code? What is it? And if the answer was, then people aren't going to trust that team actually wrote it and they might end up, you know, in the same problem. Um, Bizarre said the no was a bit aggressive. Null, you should apologize. <laughs> I think um, he did. He did. Partial bad <laughs> spaces is trash. It's uh, uh, funny. Mint so has open source. Todd they are not, says, right? 
Minsk There's no way fucking Minskan is open Minsk source. They're not, not right? Source, I don't think. No. no. What? Minskan's not open source, is it? No, no it's, it's not, not open source. Yeah. Um, of course. And it's not. I, I, I don't know if they have a custom in, indexer or they just use the the one what there's, everybody else does use. There's but, no way um, they're using BD Juno. No, they might have their own, it, it, which in which case is also not open source. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So, Kep is is the Kepler wallet uh, not the yes. not the not the extension, the actual wallet, the website is that open source? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe the extension. Well, well, so here's the interesting thing about the Kepler wallet: the code on GitHub isn't the final version of the code that's deployed. So, no, it's it's. I can tell you right now, it's not open source. Because I tried to make changes to it, and they're like, "Well, this is kind of like uh, the code." Like, <laughs> this is the code. Like, yeah. like the code. <laughs> Here's the code, everyone. Yeah, it's open source. I, yeah, I remember like running uh, that once, like running the dev build and seeing all the warnings that got emitted, and going like, I'm "Like this is it." I'm gonna go buy a ledger right now. <laughs> I mean, you you would have no fucking idea what's in the final. Um, you know, it's a binary. It's in the extension, yeah, you yeah. would not, right? Yeah, it's a binary. You can't check that it's open sourced unless you, I don't know, compile it and check the hash or whatever the fuck they do. How do they do that? The fray or Schultzy? Todd would probably know. Like, is it? Is there any way to take like? Is there any way to take the the public repo and reproduce the binary and compare it somehow? The ones well, and zeros. You, you, you build it. And then yeah, but wouldn't that like it. if you built it on a different machine, wouldn't it come out slightly different? No, you know when you get the binary, and then you char the binary and you compare it. Yeah, but like no, you know, I, I think that's a fair question from Noel. I mean, yeah, it, what if you have the libraries different? Yeah, like library yeah, yeah. versions might oh, right. show so a different like, char. You mean, like, you mean like linking and all the other stuff that you can yeah, do yeah, to yeah. like? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, okay, I, so so that can be different. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, like, if I compile it on a Mac, it might be slightly different to compiling it on Linux, right? Um, yeah. Probably. And well, even welcome, be- welcome, welcome to computers. Yeah, well, the- <laughs> but the, the also... What I was saying is that you, you don't know, like, there's no way to really 100% definitively tell that the open source code they've got is what they're using. Is what I think I that's probably correct, right? Unless you build it yourself. Or download it off you, the GitHub website, right? And instead yeah, of pulling it out of the store. You are never going to be 100% certain unless there is some kind of external verification by a publisher. So that, this is, in essence, why Apple have such strict stuff around releasing to the App Store. Yeah. Because they have essentially a, a at least an audit process that the, that there is a pipeline from developer to to deployment every time that is deployed by the same developer and that something doesn't just get you know changed in that process like oh we just sold the company to a new company and they're now deploying it like they they want to know about that they have to know about that um i have a completely random question unrelated what happens on a proposal if everybody abstains you get quorum of abstaining it just fails just fails yeah, it's just a failed proposal. And then this, depending on the network, the, the deposit is burnt or not. This this loop proposal is uh heavily abstained from. Is it really? 
Yeah, well, I mean, the turnout's only 14%, but 76% abstain. Ooh. Well, that only popped up today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I, I see 11% abstain. 11, 11% abstain, 85 not vote, and three. we voted no on this. No, no, no. Like of the voted um, token, 76% mm. abstain, 4 million, about 5 million, Juno, you know, versus oh, about yeah. seven yeah, or 800,000 yeah. for yes and no. Yeah. Sporty's actually made a good point in the chat as well, which is that most JavaScript can be looked at in browser dev tools. And if they've not minified it or web packed it, mm-hmm. then there's a chance the especially i think is it i can't remember it's, is it one of chrome or firefox now maybe both is smart enough that if you even if you have typescript uh if you don't minify it it will actually just expand the whole thing into a text editor for you and you can it should be like oh yeah which is which is nuts absolutely nuts that's cool especially typescript because it's already pre-compiled uh just a javascript even if it's well i guess it's got source maps in there right so if it's got source maps, then you can expand it. But um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's also mm-hmm. crazy space alien technology, which is pretty <laughs> neat. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you're not sometimes impressed by how, like, you're just like, oh, yeah, my browser can casually reverse engineer from source maps some com- some compiled code. I know that's what they're for. Like, I'm afraid that's what they're for. Yeah, okay, I, I get that. <laughs> but it's kind of cool that you can just like, do it on the fly and be like, you can walk through this code in your browser. That That's kind of like nuts. Um, I don't know. I mean, I remember whenever Noel told me that you could press period on a GitHub repo and it pops open a Visual Studio Code instance. That blew my mind. And I take advantage holy of that shit. often. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I need to brace myself. <laughs> the fuck is going like my on my hair goes flying back wait i said something <laughs> yeah you did yeah that was like 18 months ago you told me that if you press dot in github then it pops up source code in like visual studio code and i'm oh, just yeah. blown away by it yeah <laughs> um yeah so it's the same like ah anyway so um <laughs> i'm just i was just my fucking computer just popped up and said, it's your birthday tomorrow. I was like, is it? Is it? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, wow. Doxed. Yeah. Doxed. Doxed. Um, so that's uh, that's news. That is news. Yeah. I think, fuck, man, I'm like so dry. I haven't been drinking enough water, I don't think. Instead of drinking water yesterday, I chose to drink beer and now I've got a fucking headache and I'm dry. <laughs> what day is it? Oh, Thursday? Yeah, it's close enough. So Bizarre has also said, what about stars prop 57 to roll back stars that was going to be given to Levana community? Prop 57? Was that prop 57? I don't, I don't even I, know. Did I see that? I thought we were in the 80s. We were in the yeah, 80s. Was, oh, so, this is way so back. 57 was, uh, yeah, yeah. 57 was Levana asking for money. Is that, I, I haven't seen anything Levana to Levana wrecked Dragon's airdrop proposal. Right, so the Rex Dragons thing, is that... So I heard something about Levana are now pulling out of doing NFT stuff, right? Because they there's some concern about regulatory pressure, right? Um, and yeah, so I gather they're now no longer going to do that. 
Um, but that's as far as I know. I haven't. I I don't see anything on the active proposals. Um, but I guess they've still been funded. So it kind of seems like they should not be funded. Would be my immediate take on that. Fucking fine. I don't know nothing about this one. This yeah. Fucking, this uh, man, this thing's terrible. How do we have forty stargaze proposals within a month? <laughs> so this is fucking from, old contracts. Fucking this, upgrades. I know. There's a lot. Oh, there's a lot going on. Okay, um, so so. Soy Two Studios said, "Can't yeah. be regulatory pressure." They pulled out of NFTs to get into options trading. <laughs> <laughs> it's like only in crypto. Isn't out it? of the only right. in crypto. Where it's like, <laughs> no, no, what, what, right. what they're doing is not is not the less risky thing. <laughs> they are going to be more degenerate. Let's do heavily marginalized options trading instead of that. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah. There's apparently um, <laughs> quite a bit of um, discussion. Again, this is the other thing that I missed. I, I've been told that there's, there's apparently quite a bit of discussion about um, what regulation is now going to come down the pipe thanks to FTX fucking the dog. Um, and it's coming. Is it coming? <laughs> like coming. Omar with the shotgun. <laughs> regulation coming. It's coming. Um, but apparently the the main concern is like yeah essentially um contagion to the wider market apparently that's like one of the biggest concerns is like uh, how how do you like put any kind of reasonable safeguard um to stop wider market contagion and it kind of seems to me like the more that people get into mad options trading the more that more that the genie is out of the bottle here i don't know i I don't know. Does it is it even possible at this point to put the genie back in the bottle on like wider market contagion? As soon as this stuff gets um, more adopted, we're we're all fucked, aren't we? I don't know. This market has a has a uh, a real love affair with shooting itself in the foot. That's for sure. Just yeah, just bad step after bad step, and like. Like some of the story, these these fucking FTX stories that are coming out in the news are just unbelievable. Like just the as they're starting to get the, the bankruptcy structure and like everybody's looking at the books and going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's like, all funny money. It's not yeah. really that, but like like is no accountants like, on staff and those types of things. Like what the fuck is going on? So this is like it's people need like to crypto, right? But people need to. What was that? The fray? Well. The reason every the reason it all got completely out of hand, right, is that when it's your keys, your crypto, you have your crypto, right? But when it's not your keys, it's actually held by a big exchange like FTX, who go and fucking gamble your crypto. Yeah, yeah. but it, <laughs> but but like 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 it's it, it's <laughs> that's a marriage, right? It doesn't matter. Like th that's a good story. Like it's good. That's good. Like no keys. Like your keys, your crypto. It's a good story. But the same effect, like. My valuation is down significantly because of that stupid shit, right? So it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, like, we, we I, like, I didn't, like, like we didn't lose. Did we lose money? <laughs> Fuck yeah, we lost money. But we didn't lose it because our tokens are gone. We lost it because the tokens are now devalued, devalued by ninety five percent because of this, these idiots, right? So it's yeah, nice yeah. to. It's like it's a nice. It's a nice crypto way of saying like, hey, you got to hold your own money and blah blah blah, and you can't trust the sex, but you still have to have that. And if you have idiots like this running that shit, then it then what are we doing? Like, what the yeah, fuck are we doing? Um, like, I mean, the big that. problem. The I guess I was thinking more in terms of like you know, for, from a regulatory point of view, like I would look at that and say, well, 
this is kind of the point we're making, lads. And thanks to those fucking idiots, we're now losing money. Right. So if you could be reasonable about considering whether or not validators who are now losing money have the time or money or energy necessarily to deal with all the shit, then that would be great. Yeah. What I suspect will happen is that we are very easily identifiable and we have companies. And so we will get regulated as well in a way that doesn't really understand what we do as a business. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see know. what happens, but you know, berry nuts winter's coming would be my, if I was a squirrel, <laughs> berry, be berry, berry nuts. <laughs> <laughs> if i was a squirrel my advice would be very nuts winter's coming oh, really it's, it's oh sage advice sage it's, advice yeah, yeah i was um, for, when i was really, soaring in the garden earlier <laughs> a neighbor leaves out a monkey nuts peanuts yeah and there's this there's these two well they, they, there's a whole family of squirrels actually um on the street and um they they bury nuts when there's nobody around. They bury, bury those fucking monkey nuts, and they they never find them, right? Because squirrels bury way more nuts than they're ever going to find. It's like an right. insurance strategy. Um, right. Anyway, one of these squirrels hopped along the fence and obviously looked to see, like, oh, is there a place I can bury it? And then saw me and was like, oh, this fucking you know, asshole. We just had this like moment of standoff, <laughs> and it just tottered along. Do you want like, my nuts? I'll bury, it. I'll, bury it. I'll bury it somewhere else, lads. This guy looks shifty. So, it's like this, this guy with a jet sword who's looking very, very jaundiced is, uh, is with it. This very yellow man is looking at my nuts. I don't know. So Todd says uh, he just... Oh, God. Oh, no. How Fuck. rude. So Todd says I uh, just looked up the Kepler extension is minified, no map files, so not easy to verify in the dev tools. There you go. Apparently, Sam Bankman Fried is live right now. Yeah, I just got to learn my watch. That, yeah, what that, that means. I hope that's a perp walk or live, live what? <laughs> so what's going on? What does that mean? <laughs> live on what? Um, so, yeah, so Bizarre says, oh, this is the discussion about rolling back. Yeah. Um, he probably tried to post a link. I don't think they can. Oh, can you not post yeah, a link? Yeah. 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 I know. Uh, right. Okay. Well, that that makes sense. Okay. Well, when we when we <laughs> this is this is how prepared we are today, um, and uh, yeah, Soy Studio also points out that the guy from Levana, I guess in this case, it's probably Jonathan, is on the Juno Growth DAO. Okay. So that maybe is like not good or a massive conflict of interest potentially. So it's the same twelve people everywhere, right? <laughs> isn't it 15 20 people 30 50 yeah i think it's a small we, community I mean, overall we had this we had this discussion about sub DAOs back in the day didn't we where it's like the they're overall a pretty good idea but yeah. only if you can find enough qualified people and that is like not not easy uh, <coughs> to put time and the effort and, and everything else associated it's it's a lot yeah uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's Rama talking about? Only if they think they're getting funding, which they aren't. Oh, yeah, uh, I think I was the Levana guy. That was Levana, dude. All right. Yeah. Levana, dude. Well, they applied for for um, I, TDF. I what's it? What Terra Developer Fund? Yeah. Rescue Fund Developer yeah, Fund. Yeah. Now, now the Growth Fund, right? Yeah, uh, they applied for that funding and they didn't get it. 
based on um, the size of the money they had in the bank um, at the time. Meaning too much or too little? Too much. Oh, really? Yeah, like why be applying for funding when you've got millions of dollars in the bank, right? Yeah, it's just opportunistic, isn't it? Mm. Um, Maybe. Is that true? Um, Depends on what their plans are, right? Yeah, but it depends whether Gino should have been uh, funding that, I guess. Um, I don't know. Depends but, on, again, if if they got two and they need 10 because they're going to build something that builds $20 million of value, that's one thing. If they have nothing and need one because they're building $1 million of value, that's something else. I don't know if, I don't know if that's... Anyway. That's kind of. I guess it's also like you know, and, and this is not this is not to fud the shit out of the eco, but like what what usurper? Like okay, two million dollars of your company's money, right? So let's mm-hmm. imagine like it's you are on the Juno Growth Fund. We're going to play a virtual game here. Yeah, you need to put yourself in this this headspace, right? You, you're that meme, you know, where the guy's brain is so big it goes down his back, and he's sitting on his own brain. It's like a comfy armchair. That's. That's how big your brain is because that's how big your brain has to be to be on the Juno Growth Fund, right? Okay. Okay. So you're in that space. You, you're picturing yourself as big brain guy. Okay. You've got $2 million worth of Juno. Like, what is like a cool enough project for you to be yeah. like, you've got $8 million in the bank, let's say. So it rounds up to a nice 10. You can see where I'm going with this. Um, They've got $8 million in the bank and then you've got $2 million and they're asking for your $2 million mm-hmm. to round up to a nice tidy 10. What's cool enough in your book, man, to, to give them that $2 million for, for you? I mean, honestly, most of the stuff that, that this is kind of, this is, I don't want to be too negative, but most of, this, most of the projects and stuff I see is the same six ideas rehashed over and over and over. So um, it has to be something outside different of those skin, six. Man. Like they got a different skin. It's literally the same. It's like, right? Like it's the same six ideas over and over and over. So it'd have to be something that would be out of the out, something risky, and something that would be larger. It have to be something retail based or payments or something else that tries to get an infrastructure and get an ecosystem out of the same six ideas. But like, how many times can we shuffle these coins around? How many times can we do NFT drops? How many times can we do like it's and like it seems like it's the same type of things right like either we're trading in a ecosystem and we're or we're doing liquid staking that has a, a bunch of risk associated to new tokens that are being generated or or uh, like it's it's all the same ideas on different platforms right and they all have slightly different takes on the same six or seven ideas so i i think for for somebody if somebody had five million dollars in the bank and say hey we want to be able to take three or four million dollars of juno dev fund it would have to be something that would be something that would be risky with a high amount of chance of, of a low amount of chance of success, but worth it. That I think would be worth it. Like putting a million dollars towards another tool set that does one of these six things seems like ridiculous to me. So I, I have a couple of thoughts, right? Um, totally agree. But so when I first came to crypto, imagine my disappointment with this. Uh... <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Tell us. So, you know, it was all, oh, there's, you know, this new thing, DeFi, and it's like, you know, revolutionary for finance and all this other crap, right? And I get in and I start digging around and it is exactly that. It's the same idea rehashed all over the place. And the only thing DeFi did was shuffle around coins. It does right. fucking nothing. Like what values so, are creating, right? 
Yeah, it's like, well, you can you can shuffle them from point A to point B and pay some fees, right, and trade them and all that bullshit. But essentially, the coins mean nothing anyway. Like they're not, they have no, it's not like trading shares where you've got shares in a company that the company has tangible value. You're trading things that are potentially worthless, right? Right. And, and then there was like protocols built off that, which just leverage nothing. You've right. got, right. you know, it's just more shuffling shit around. Right. And that was basically all of DeFi. Imagine my disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, like even like lending, like lending, like lending to me in, in this ecosystem is it just it's just crazy to me. Well, like, the lending is tax dodge for people who have high yeah. capital gains, right? That's right. Yeah. So um anyway, and then so the, I came across Cosmos then, right? And then found that there were actually some projects that were trying to create. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, app chains with some kind of tangible value or some kind of actual use case, but not all of them, obviously. But, um, and, you know, they're not, the product market fit isn't always exactly right and that type of stuff that they've all got their issues, right? Right. But at least they're, you know, trying to use blockchain for that type of thing. I mean, in Australia, um, our, uh, what is it called? Uh, Comsec, no, Comsec, the... Uh, whoever it is who runs basically the trading platform for Australia for shares is like building a blockchain-based version of that uh, over the last like five years or so, mm-hmm. um, which has a real-world application. But, I mean, they ain't going to have a coin. It's just a completely closed-source order book well, back-end for... With that said, it recently was just announced like last week that they're not doing that anymore. Oh. <laughs> they, they mixed the it. Australian one? Yeah, the Australian one. It, the news just came out about it that they're not doing oh, it anymore. Man. Fucking stop calling. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> fucking work it in the way. Oh, man. Like the pager duty? Everything goes fucking <laughs> mad when people burn. Like the computer starts going <laughs> and the phone's going and the iPad's over there going. Everything just starts going. I have to turn off that connected shit. It's really annoying. I just but want I think- my phone to ring, not fucking everything. I think you're right. When I when I first got involved, like Osmosis was my first real chain, but but when I was looking at the original projects, I mean, you have like Akash, right? We have Greg on the phone. Like that, I know there's some challenges with the, but it seems like they're moving forward. It's a real use case. It has value, good utility, right? Like even when I looked at early, it was like MetaBlock, which I think is still around, right? The idea of like medical records on chain, again, probably not the right team, maybe not. The use case, it seems like an extremely advanced use case to be able to solve so early in this in this ecosystem or in any ecosystem. Um, but literally, I, I like the idea. Uh, I think we talked about checked in the, in the past, right? Like identity management is such a fucking problem. And going back to this Elon and Twitter thing, it's all identity. Like could blockchain find a way to solve the global identity type issue? Maybe. Um, and I'm not sure if that team and that solution is the right one, but but it's a great use case. Like that is a real good blockchain use case type of idea. Um, and like, like, like even Sentinel and those types of things, like I, I get it. Like I, I find that they're like, even like we got involved originally with helium, which is totally blown up. But again, like I understand the use case and I understand the idea of being able to use blockchain as an incentivized network to build out or to be able to create infrastructure and all these types of things. Um, but it seems like lately like to your point and all like we've it's gone the other way where like it, it now we're all just shuffling and like and, and like there's money to be made there I, like we'll validate and like i want to be able to bring value 
But at the same time, it seems like we're getting to the point of, of shuffling. And there's other uh, secrets. Another good example of non-shuffling. Like I think that's like you need secret in, in a network. Like you have to have those types of things. Um, but man, like, like where are these, where are the next use cases? Yeah. Oracle, I think is another good use case. Like, I, I mean, we talked about, that was the other one that came up on Juno, right? Maybe we could talk about that too, but like the idea that Juno needs an Oracle network. I totally like, Co- not, not just Juno or like Cosmos needs a, a really strong Oracle, like a real Oracle network that has real incentives that chains will pay for that has really good understanding of value. I think that is a really good use case. I mean, I think that's a that's one that, assuming it can be worked out, like that it's quite complicated. And obviously, I have an opinion, and obviously, yeah. I have a conflict of interest. But I think like that's the one where smart contracts are like a a much better fit than trying to fuck around with um, modules and stuff. And like an oracle is a thing that you need to iterate on a fuck of a lot in order to get it right. And yes. that's literally the point of Cosmosm. So, but could could you write a contract that goes out to seventy five different exchanges, pull that data, and then have it in a in a? I think maybe answer my own question, but have it in an inspectable way where you could trust that that outcome and say that we all agree that this is the right value coming out of this. Not just a co- contract. There's a bit more to it, but conce- well, conceptually. Right, it's not that dissimilar to what Noise are doing, which is just a smart yes. contract. So the difference is that they can afford a longer, as I understand it, like they can afford a longer delay on the randomness oracle because it just matters that it's random, not that it's the random number that came out most recently. You're time bound in a way that you're not um, when you're dealing with like snappier price feeds, right? But we know you can get a tenement chain down to one and a half seconds, two seconds, something like that. So there is a way of, I think, applying the same principle to say, okay, well, as long as you, as long as you're okay with the price feed being a couple of seconds out, which it would be anyway over IBC, because of course it's going to be, you can apply that to a sliding scale of, of blocks to get it to a point where you can you can reasonably assume that you can apply the same technique and then the rest of it is actually off chain isn't it and then it's just a, a proof so it's it's kind of that thing of like you know all the hard stuff like the detail is very very different but a lot of it um same as so sporthy also said in the chat two million dollars for non-coin based privacy preserving voting systems yeah another use case that yeah. basically comes down to proofs cryptographic proofs right into the chain right like a lot of these different use cases essentially eventually boil down to hey i have a wallet that happens to have a public key co-located with it i would like to to tell i would like to sign onto the chain some information that isn't just a coin transfer right and then there's other stuff going on in the world and that data has to come in at some point and and there is a generic protocol there is an interface in there right in the same way that ibc is a thing there is a way of structuring that interaction and i think that is like a case to work out how you can build up the components that are needed to make that work with a smart contract okay um, maybe and 
And I'm I totally might, okay with that. It, it, it might require extension to the to the chain, obviously, to add additional bindings so that smart contracts sure. can interact with those bindings. Um, but yeah, I think that's possible. I think that's a, a use case. And, and 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 if that's a contract or a chain, whatever that is. But again, it's a something that's required and needed, I think, for the for the ecosystem. But and I I think and then uh, Highlander called out uh, both gaming and music. Those are. I mean, again, good use cases where gaming, we've had, you know, a couple of different chains that have launched and trying to be able to launch related to um, finding ways to be able to create an open market around, you know, DLC and other types of things, which good use case. I don't know. It's not going to change the world, but it's a good idea. Uh, Music, you know, music in my eyes is kind of limited. It kind of relates back to some of the meta block thing, which is it's a really good idea and you're making really large bets and changes to a, a pretty established ecosystem that is really resistant to those types of things. But it doesn't yeah, mean it can't Spotify happen. They just started making money. Like right. they made a loss Did for they? like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Are they making money? Yeah. I think they're making money now, but I don't think they're making money hand over fist, but I think they're making money. And I think a lot of how they make money is actually partnerships. But is that on that, making money? That Spotify. Spotify. Is that on uh, that new Metallica drop? Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, very salty about Spotify because, um, we, uh, I used to run an independent label. It's how, um, Jake and I met, uh, meow Jake, we, we met doing labely stuff back in the day. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, we would release a record that did moderately well in a kind of underground way, you know, sell a few thousand copies and you'd see like sales going along and being like yeah okay we're selling some copies and then we'd put it on spotify and our sales would go down our streams would go up and the streams were for fucking shit nothing right yeah yeah Yeah. and like literally we only capitulated to even putting stuff on spotify because fans get so angry that they are paying for a spotify subscription and your shit is not on there they send you so many fucking messages and they bombard the band with fucking messages and then the band goes like why is this not on spotify and you're like we released your record. We pressed it to fucking colored vinyl. It costs several thousand pounds. It's not fucking cheap. We need to like sell those copies. That's how this fucking thing works. <laughs> um, and eat. eventually you capitulate, right? Cause you're just like, look, it's just not worth the hassle. I understand it. I understand the band wants to market to their fans. I understand their fans want to get the thing. And, 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 you know, me just going like, well, somebody will slap it up on YouTube. It doesn't matter. There's a way of listening to this music torrent. I, I always used to say, when asked, like I'd rather people torrent, go to the effort of deliberately stealing or torrenting it. Cause I don't give a shit about people torrenting it. I give a shit about people paying for it for nothing. That's the problem. <laughs> Honestly, torrenters are torrenters are pri- by far the more true music lovers out of those two grant bank those two groups. Hey, look, I torrented a lot of music. <laughs> me too. I torrented a lot of music. And do you know how many CDs I fucking own? I own fucking shitload. <laughs> I own a fucking shitload. Yeah, I've got like I think about a hundred, maybe hundred and fifty vinyl records. Um I probably have five hundred CDs that I'm storing in a in a storage unit for the rest of my life because it's just too hard to get. I don't trust Apple Music. I literally I'm, have. I have three packing crates. I rip them all, they're sitting in a storage unit. I'm paying every month for the store them for no reason whatsoever. I'm exactly the same. I have like absolutely crates and crates and crates. No reason. CDs. And I'm just like, I I just remember that. Do you remember that? I don't know if you had this, like on a science program in the UK, they spread, they they were trying to show how like tough CDs were back in the nineties. And they like spread around you. 
over it and stuff. Not look around you, right? No, but it was. I think it, you might have been the show that Look Around You was based on, which was called cool Tomorrow really? as well. Yeah, yeah, it was a real show. Like obviously, Look Around You is kind of a spoof version. I, yeah, um, but I think they literally did spread jam on a CD, leave it like outside in the rain, and then they just like brought it off and like you know shammied shammied it clean, and then put it in a CD player and it played. And I was like, fucking a, fucking a. Sold. That's not going to happen to your Apple Music collection, is it? They. <laughs> The sarcophagus of Job's just fucking decides one day to delete your music collection from beyond the grave. Sarcophagus of Job's. <laughs> yeah, I um, that's a very old. I, I came into work one day. I was really, really tired, uh, like about ten years ago, and I just for some reason I said Steve Jobs wrong. I said Steve Jobs. 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 And they were like, and one of my colleagues was like, that's really weird. That sounds really biblical. And I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was just after Steve Jobs had died. And I was just like, oh, because everything you do online is is um, uploaded to the sarcophagus of Jobs and he will judge you. And they were like, Jobs. <laughs> so now I always just say those. Whenever, whenever I think about like, uh, um, you know, a big company taking your shit and deleting it or something, I always just say, oh, I guess sent to the sarcophagus of Jobs. <laughs> Oh man. And we already named these episodes. Sarcophagus of Jobs would be a good name. <laughs> Next episode. episode. So there what else music, is going uh, on? Both these point out there is a music um there's a music NFTs thing, isn't it? It's um uh Bitsong Bitsong Bit exists, right? Yeah. That was like yeah, a distribution yeah, where they, I think they were trying to make where if he streamed it, then it, it tracked payments back to the artist and all that kind of stuff too, right? Um, I thought Omniflix is doing the same thing. I just wrote that in the chat, but I thought Omniflix is doing that. And I know that's on, I think that's on the Stargaze roadmap too. Yeah. I mean, so unrelated to this podcast. <laughs> good. So totally unrelated to this podcast. Uh, validators leaving networks, it seems that it is finally bad enough to leave a network now that is it happening? Lo- losing money. Yeah, well, I mean, who, who do you got leaving? You know, uh, I know there is an exodus from Constellation happening, yeah. Galaxy's been happening, Dig has been happening. Is that is that validators leaving chains or validators leaving Cosmos? No, I change. Change. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Is anybody leaving like, Cosmos? You know, like, in, like, fuck this. I'm out. Incredibly low value chains. Like people are starting to, uh, you know, bail on. I like Evmos. Oh, that's spicy. Evmos. Evmos. <laughs> um, oh, that was hot. They that's well, they hot. dead cat. They dead cat bounced at uh, sixty cents or something, and they came up, and now it's going down again. So that's not a good sign. I don't know. If, I don't know why. I don't know why that chain is in this mix of losing 75% of value in two weeks. I don't know how it held up for so long. (laughs) It's the opposite side of that question, right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, stayed around a dollar 50 for way too long. Like, I don't know how it soaked up all the sell pressure. There must have been some sort of market making going on. Is it, I, I was saying this to Frey earlier, but isn't this, I mean, the the value within that is being able to run, e- being EVM compatible, being able to run EVM based contracts in a much lower gas environment with 
faster block times, right? Yeah, but, but I mean, there is like other networks that do the same thing. There are. It, there are a lot of networks that do the same thing. And there's also, and also like EVM gas right now is not bad, even on Ethereum, right? Like it's it's pretty reasonable. Maybe, does that impact things? And like, does that have an impact in terms of chains wanting to move or projects wanting to move, I should say? I don't know. I mean, I think the core value add was just that it's EVM compatible and then it's IVC compatible as well, right? Right. That's the core value add. But that's that's starting to be in discussions about even moving to more chains. Like Near, Near is going to be IVC compatible, I think, in the next three months or so. Like they have, they have a team actively building it. And so they have Aurora, which is their EVM uh, sidechain. That'll also be coming up. And I think Near's block times are something like, 0.2 seconds or so. Yeah, it's real fast. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, also just Solidity and GMI, to be honest. Like in Cosmos, people have sort of standardized on a on a stack that is SDK Cosmosm. That is the standard Cosm Cosmos stack now. And you can tell that because the hub uses it, right? It's on Osmosis. So Yes. I love the way for us. It took it took a second for Shorty to realize that I was even making a joke there. It's like, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> just, I love the unmute mute. Like uh it's like we, fuck. I can't remember if well, for some reason, Shorty, I thought it was you that originally posted the meme where it's like Osmosis pointing at itself in the mirror going, You're the real hub. But I don't know if that was you, or I've just like falsely remembered that. Uh, yeah, I don't, it might have been me. I don't know. I might be the spicy meme lord, but I I might not be. Okay, um, I'd throw a peak poke at you if I if I settle on anyone. Yeah, to be fair, polka polka or polka's intern are probably the two spiciest meme lords. Um, some so a couple more questions in the chat. We've had uh lots of trolling on like oh do you think do you not think boss is going to make it um or whatever um but uh reverse size said Bandcamp's sick yeah Bandcamp is sick it's already this is the thing like web 2 and web 3 like nobody in web 3 is going to solve the problem better than Bandcamp. it's really annoying they got bought out by epic but you know maybe they won't ruin that product um uh there was a question about zero knowledge proofs um I think that was Juno Juicer, um, and that was supposed to happen a while ago. And my guess is that, so I met the devs for Juno Juicer in Prague in May, and over a beer, I remember saying, hey guys, do you have legal advice? And they were like, no. And I was like... <laughs> I very strongly think that before you do anything else, you should have legal advice and be very anon as well, because they were not all that anon. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think as soon as you've as soon as you've in any way identified yourself on the internet, you shouldn't be working on a thing like that. Like it's that's just not smart, and so I I, I don't know if we're going to see that thing ever run. Maybe it, maybe it's already running. I could be wrong, but I haven't seen any further development recently. And so, um, yeah, 
there's a Canto okay. thing too. Says partial match. I don't know if that's related to oracles or whether that's related to privacy or whether that's related to EVM. I'm getting so confused. We've we've crossed so many streams here, guys, on this thread. This has been such an interactive conversation. Yeah, Canto is uh, they, I think they're EVM compatible. Like, like that's what that right, 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 okay, yeah. Um, well, oh man, like, the, the, the list of EVM compatible chains yeah. of low gas fees is now fucking long. It's big, um, right? And one side of them chains, and one of them is ETH, right? Yeah, one of them is ETH, but also like the the ETH side chains, um, and then you know roll ups and all the other stuff. There's just any number of um, networks supporting ETH. So like, you know, the the allure of um, Evmos was that it was an IBC compatible copy pasta chain, right? You could just bring the stuff. Right. from from ETH into like the IBC world. But in reality, I, I don't think I've seen much development other than coin shuffling there at all. So, but to be fair, that's probably the same thing could be said about ETH anyway. Hey. Hey-o. 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 <laughs> he said He said what everybody was thinking. Um, <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> we should just fucking delete everything and use we Bitcoin. <laughs> we can't just... <laughs> That's right. I mean, God damn it. Bitcoin is exactly right. It doesn't work. Right. That's <laughs> it doesn't work. Bitcoin, but like it is a very elegant solution to a problem that didn't particularly exist. Yeah. Like, that's right. Um, it's created an industry of solving problems that don't exist. So <laughs> we're, we're all here. Something <laughs> at the seat. Um, yes. Yeah, so I've just seen the Commonwealth discussion. It's from part of the Stargaze team and it is pulling back the rewards for Levana. Seems like a good idea. Seems um, like a positive took, idea. Took, took an hour to get to that conclusion. It's okay. So, there we go. That's that one. Um, Soy too says that he had to live abroad to see the value in crypto. To like stash your assets, maybe? We're all abroad. <laughs> <laughs>